0: Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast, bringing you episode 150. Woo! Man, I cannot believe we've made it here. 150 episodes, huge achievement. I want to thank my people who've been following the podcast, who even have jumped on Patreon to support the podcast. Thank you so much. And of course, I had to do something big for 150th episode. I had to bring back not just anyone... I had to reach out to an agent and really get a hold of the most downloaded episode guest from last year, or one of the most downloaded. I went back and I found one of the best guests that you guys liked listening to. And I said, hey, you got to come back for episode 150. I got to get you on. If you can find time in your schedule, you got to be on today. And so, of course, for today's episode, I'm bringing you this amazing guest welcome back to the show joy my wife
1: yay <laughs> thanks for having me
0: well of course you were able to make time in your very busy day right to make it all the way here uh <laughs> the same room that we were working in <laughs> to do this episode
1: right very far travel
0: now i know it's uh we'll have to see how this episode goes because for two reasons one um, I was telling you this morning, hey, I'm doing my 150th episode, uh-huh. and you were like, "Yeah, cool, great," and hadn't really put much. I was like, "What should I talk about?" Right. And I don't remember what we said, but I was like what if you came on the yeah. podcast again?
1: Yeah, it was that simple. <laughs> yeah, and
0: so, yeah, it really wasn't that much. See, I did this huge intro on, like, all the work I put into, but really we were, like, sipping coffee. And this I was morning. Like, yeah, I was like, hey, do you want to just uh, jump on here with me? And you are like, uh, okay. Mm, sure. But then you were like, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, I don't really know what we're going to talk about. So who knows where this episode is going to go. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, since both of us are in here, no one's – in there in the other room watching our daughter and right. not that she's like you know eating she's glue. asleep everybody yeah, and we have a, a monitor yeah, i mean yeah of course i mean that goes without saying we wouldn't just leave our kid i mean some people might but so she is asleep in, in case the other you room you
1: her waking up
0: yeah we have the monitor here because obviously we can't send the dog to take care of her Uh, but at some point she's going to wake up, which means we're going to have to cut this episode short and take care of her. So we don't know how long this episode is going to be. Hopefully. I mean, I'm already seeing her move on this monitor. Dang Um, it. (laughs) Yeah. Dang it. But we're just gonna hope that she puts herself back to sleep and, uh, that we get an actual good episode in for our episode. 150. So joy, again, thank you for being here today. I love having you on the show. I wasn't joking to the audience. Uh, Joy, when she came on, I think she was episode 75. Literally one of the most downloaded episodes. Apparently, people like listening to you more than they like listening to me.
1: I don't know about that. (laughs) But
0: but... people may not know this about you, Joy, is that Joy is... uh, I think I've had people make jokes about, you know, you're so lucky to have me uh, (laughs) because I have all this business knowledge. Mm -hmm. But really, for people who don't know, Joy started her business long before I started my business... I've built my business on the back of her business. So actually, all of my business acumen really comes from Joy. Uh, So Joy, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your business and what you do for a living?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, I don't know. That's very kind of you, all those compliments. Um, So yeah, my business is named Culture Connection, and essentially what I do is I teach two different languages. I teach American Sign Language online and Spanish online. I have uh, private one-on-one lessons with different students from all over the U.S. And yeah, I have just a love for those languages and I wanted to connect people not only to the language but the culture um, of the, the people who speak those languages just so that, yeah, I could open doors and be a bridge to different cultures for people.
0: So Joy is basically a walking Rosetta Stone because <laughs> she doesn't just know American Sign Language and Spanish. You also know, let's think about this, English. That's important. Definitely. Accounts. Yeah. You know a little bit of German. A little bit. You know a little bit of Korean. You're right. You know a little bit of Colombian Sign Language, mm-hmm. which before I met you, I didn't realize that there wasn't like a universal. But then when I think about it, it's like American, of course, American Sign Language wouldn't be... Like a right. world sign language. Mm-hmm. Is there like a world sign language?
1: No. I mean, I've heard stuff about there. Is that being... a stupid
0: question that I asked it or is that? It's
1: not. a stu- No, actually, it's not a stupid question because it's it's a very commonly asked question. But no, each country, you know, each demographic has essentially their own sign language. Now, a every, lot of them.
0: I'm just curious. Does every compare? you would think that we would have this conversation before, but we haven't. Does every country have its own sign language? Or do some countries borrow other countries' sign language?
1: Well... Okay, first, I want to say I'm not an expert in this, so I could definitely be like fact checked and be wrong. But as far as I know,
0: (laughs) um, someone's furiously typing right now. (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to find out
1: like as far as I know, like each country has their own. Now, there probably exist some smaller countries that have adapted sign languages from, for example, like American Sign Language was um, very heavily influenced from French sign language in in France. Hmm. Um, Instead of you'd think, oh, maybe ours, since we speak English, maybe Great Britain or England, maybe Mm -hmm. their sign language. No, it's like very, very different. Hmm. Um, Mexican sign language also has a lot of similarities between American sign language, but still it has its own. And then other Latin American countries also differ from Mexican sign language so it's not like all Spanish speaking people mm. countries like have their so same it's, one it's different and then
0: something else that I've wondered about too so I, you know how like in different um, Latin countries how uh, accent plays a role right. and, and how certain things are said mm-hmm. um, so like great example actually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this example because I can't fully remember what it is but it's like putting like a th on on uh, an,
1: yes. or a d in, Sp- um, yeah. in a, Spain like the c the letter c when it makes an s sound um in spain it makes like a th sound like it's okay. hard if they say like hace calor hace with a
0: yeah s- okay a th- <laughs> it kind
1: of sounds like a lisp <laughs> sorry they don't <laughs> yeah me.
0: and it's not a lisp it's just yeah, yeah it's the accent. so mm-hmm. do does sign language have any kind of i don't know if that's the right word like, yeah, accent like yeah, to it. yeah they do
1: uh-huh um, yeah, if you travel through, if you were to meet a deaf person in California or Texas or, you know, North, the Northwest, yeah, you'd see a differentiation, a variation of different signs, like maybe the word cake or the word.
0: It seems like a random example. Is it? Well, it's just because I, <laughs> I
1: remember that that one is.
0: What do Texans have to do with their cake versus California? I don't <laughs> we're know. We're going to tell you how cake is really. All right. So what's, what's, I mean, what? Give me an example of like one of these differences. Like I know you said cake. Is, is that the easiest example or is there one that's easy for you to... Well, many
1: signs when I teach my students have variations. I'm not f- super familiar with exactly what region signs which. Mm. But um, yeah, there, there's like three different signs for the word computer. There's many signs for the word cake. There's different signs for the word... Um, the way you might sign the word, like live with, mm. with an L handshape or and a handshaper. So, I don't know. So it's getting
0: just... even more granular here. So you know how like there's sometimes there's like stereotypes attached. So like people with like a Southern accent, like we joke people who are like, you know, I would die. You know, like, or they say, <laughs> <laughs> they say orange, yeah. you know, not even like the fruit, but like orange you going to. Mm-hmm. And then you and I joke about, uh, chuck it or chunk it.
1: Oh, yeah. If you're, oh, my goodness. That's ridiculous. If you're
0: getting rid of something, obviously, you're going to chunk it. No,
1: obviously, you're going to chuck it. Like, yeah,
0: well. <laughs> get rid of that. This chuck is a it. divide in our marriage. <laughs> but so, you know how, like, people, and I, because I, we're in the South, a lot of times we get stereotypes or jokes made about us for having that Southern draw. Mm-hmm. like maybe Even though I
1: am from the Midwest, I want to right, say.
0: Right. Well, I'm from the South, but you're living in the South right, right now. But so, you know, that you have, like, that Southern draw, and so it's like, maybe that person's uneducated or whatever, like... Ascriptions right. you can make to the person. Does the same thing ever happen in sign language? Like do people, whether it's like accent or. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So what does that like, what does that look like?
1: I mean, man, there is a whole world of like stereotypes. Um, even just among, like among only deaf people. Um, they, depending on how long you've been deaf, how long you've been signing, maybe you might come into deaf culture. Um, Having voiced before and so maybe your sign um, is more syntax, which is like sentence structure, maybe the syntax is more um, equivalent to that of the English language. And then so a person who's been deaf for like, and their family for many generations are all deaf they're really proud of ASL being very distinct from English. So if mm. they see another deaf person who's signing in any type of way that kind of hints towards more mirroring English syntax, then it's gonna, they're going to be stereotyped as like, oh, you're not deaf, deaf, you know?
0: <laughs> like authentically. Yeah, yeah or, interesting. You know, and
1: so, yeah, there's a lot, you know, if, and there's also this thing called lexalized signs. I think I'm pronouncing that right. But um, like if certain signs, just like I said earlier, the sign for the word live or life you can it starts with the letter L so there is a variation where you can do it with the letter L a handshape of the letter L um, but then there's another handshape where it's it's not that but some people oh I feel comfortable because you know live starts with L I'm gonna do it with it some deaf people might say oh you're trying to again be cl- be as close to English as you can it's mm. comfortable for you that's the letter L it's it's not supposed to be like that it's supposed to be pure ASL deaf you know so there tends to be that you know, oh, you're you're signing like that, you must be like this.
0: Yeah, it's amazing something as simple as language, all even beyond the words or the signs, all the implications that can come for it. And I guess we all do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's sometimes to our own detriment. But um I actually didn't even really plan on us getting super in the weeds, but I right. I'm amazed that we've been married for uh, almost seven years, and I've never had this kind of conversation mm-hmm. with you, so this has been kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, a little
1: ASL lesson of the yeah.
0: day. Uh, so people can check out cultureconnection.com? Uh,
1: yeah, cultureconnectionjoy.com.
0: Joy.com. Well, uh, another reason I brought you on the podcast wasn't just to talk about Culture right. Connection. Uh, I thought it'd be great. You know, so we're celebrating 150 episodes. The podcast has been around for two years as of last month. seen a lot of cool statistics that have come with that. Um, it's been listened to in over 40 different countries.
1: Good job, babe. Um,
0: <laughs> thanks, honey. Tens of thousands, or excuse me, thousands of downloads of the episodes. Uh, launched our Patreon last week. And so it's it's yeah. kind of started to grow into this really... Uh, in fact, I remember back in February, uh, placing in the top 50 for entrepreneurship, top 200 for business. Mm-hmm. And so I, as the podcast founder, I, you know, put, throw up all these statistics. I get really excited. Um, I know whenever the podcast first started... Uh, you know, I would publish an episode and I'd look at the stats and I'd be like, okay, two downloads. And like one was me. And then you'd be like, Hey, I listened to your episode. It was really great. So I know you were really trying to support me. Uh, I want to ask you about that more in detail. Uh, obviously you're running your own business. Obviously you're making things happen on your end, but having a husband who basically quit his job and. We actually kind of flipped roles a little bit if we think about it, because I was a student, you were working, mm-hmm. you quit your job to start your business. Right. And then yeah. as you were running your business- you we were poor I, for a long time, for yeah. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but you quit your business. I didn't even realize this actually has already happened. Then I started my job. I quit that job, started my business. Um, I'd love to hear, not just with the podcast, but with the business in general, what's it been like in your world as a partner, as a spouse. You know, obviously you have all of your stuff going on as well, but um, I'd love to kind of get an outside perspective on what does it look like for you in in really having this interesting position of running your own business, but also emotionally supporting someone else who's running their business. Um, I'd love to get more insight from you there.
1: Hmm. Well, yeah, I'd say it's been it's definitely been like a learning journey for me. Um, as far as, I don't know, like I, I, I'm i just drawing from different memories I have, I guess. I I can remember there being times at the beginning when with all the excitement and vision that you had, you know, when some day maybe something didn't go right or something the way you had wanted it to go, like, I just remember having to pull from almost the exact type of encouragement you had given me years before, like reminding me of like my value, reminding me of my worth, reminding me of my abilities and my skill. And there I was like literally verbatim telling you what you had told me. And I was like, this is almost like this is your turn to really... Hmm. Really absorb it for truth for you, and so yeah, I can remember doing that, and it that just being kind of neat. Um, also, i I think it's fun seeing you thrive in something you're passionate about. Um, I can, I can also recall um, there being times when you were asking maybe for my opinion, maybe you'd written something, or maybe I don't know, I, I don't remember exactly what, but I remember there being a few times where I was thinking, oh, like. Blake loves growth. He's really teachable. (laughs) And I can remember being like, Oh, well, yeah, that's really good. What if you changed that? Uh. And I remember now that's it's really it it just if I were to say something like that, you'd just take it and be like, That's great. But I remember that those first few months (laughs) or that maybe even that first year, like I had to learn how to best um, give
0: criticism. Give
1: Yeah, and, and uh, how to support you the best because even if it was a tiny criticism and even if I sandwiched it with like this, you're awesome, you're <laughs> great, maybe fix that, you're still awesome, you would maybe be like, ah, oh, I just... You, what do you know? Yeah, like you'd react <laughs> in a way, not rude, but you just react as if I kind of like just gut punched you and I yeah. was like...
0: Let the air out of the balloon a little right, bit. Right, I had yeah. to reflect
1: later like, okay, right now my role is to just be 100% supportive. And if that Mm. means like, giving him an applause all the time. Like obviously if there was something ridiculous like that, I'd have to bring up. Sure. But yeah. I'm mostly it was like <laughs> tiny crippling things. drug addiction. I don't right. know about this. <laughs> so yeah. So it, that was a learning curve. Like definitely yeah. like figuring out how to best support you and how to best give you um, criticism. And then sometimes we're to just like wait on that and not give it to you because you're learning and you were like vulnerable in certain moments. And I had to just totally. So that was, yeah.
0: Do you, do you feel like, and cuz like this is hard, and this is a genuine question cuz i really don't remember mm-hmm. it really feels like it's amazing how time goes by i don't remember what it felt like when you quit your job and started your business um but i remember i remember i was a student uh i remember mm-hmm. we were relying on your income but i remember it was like yeah let's do it and then it's fuzzy to me like the details of what mm-hmm. that looked like and the reason i'm asking about this is because I feel like that, and even though I have moments now, but it feels like that first year of starting Good Advice, mm-hmm. I feel like I was really fragile. Mm-hmm. like Because you mentioned like, okay, you know, how do I give this criticism without, yeah. you know, not that I would like blow up, but just like without totally deflating. Like, right. But I remember feeling like, Again, passionate, driven. And this is something that every entrepreneur goes through. Every business owner goes through this of being really jazzed around your idea and then realizing, okay, wow, this is actually really hard. This is actually really challenging. But I remember me being myself, being like, oh my gosh, like, how do I have the right headspace today? How do Mm -hmm. I have the right mentality? Did you go through anything? Because again, I I literally don't remember. I don't remember the way I felt of being kind of in these throes of like peaks and valleys where some days I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm changing the world. And then some days being like, I have ruined my family's future. <laughs> and I don't know if it's, if it's a difference in our genders or or what, but I, I just don't remember seeing that in you. What was it like for you when you had quit your job and started your business?
1: Let's see. Um, There were... Th- I think you maybe just don't remember, but there was many I'm an outward processor I have to like verbalize things out loud and I remember many a conversation where I had to think about what I was doing um, just with my like at the beginning it was really hard because even though I was blessed to receive a lot of students at the beginning and not feel like oh I I have no one to work with the issue was like the preparation and the feeling of like self-worth. Am I, am I qualified? Am I capable? Like am I, am I doing right by my students? And all of those fears and doubts of myself, I, I voiced them to you. And I think you, yeah, you just, you listened. You walked me through it. You like built a lot of confidence in me. You even helped me kind of develop some of my content, I think, um, or at least like a foundation for it, for me to fill in. So, so for me, there was a lot of, there was a lot of stress. I felt definitely very stressed. Um, There were many like late nights where I was like working and prepping and um, I think I had a healthy balance though of like excitement and and then I also had a lot of social interaction like with my students. So I feel like the main difficulty was just feeling stressed of how to like prioritize and manage everything and then feeling down on myself. And mm. I think that's where you definitely, yeah, you have a knack for um, organizing and helping me prioritize and then also listening and then going, Joy, I think what you're saying is this. You did a lot of that, so maybe you don't remember. Maybe because you do it all the time for me, <laughs> unrelated to work stuff. Um, But yeah, I think so. And then, you know, when I had a lesson that maybe I just felt flopped or something uh-huh or maybe a student who ended lessons with me because of different reasons like and I took it personally you yeah you were a shoulder during those times too just like you know sometimes I would I just wanted to share this one little thing there was a lot in your first year and then my first year of my business and with yours where we had to like turn up some like eye of the tiger music and like (laughs) put up our hands so like the other person could like have a punching bag and we just like you got this you got this and we just had to like pump each other up
0: so and drilling into that a little bit deeper, it feels like we all kind of go through, I don't know if it's a rite of passage or like really what it is, but it feels like we all go through this really um, challenging, I don't know the word for it. It's like it's like discovering truth around our self-worth. And, and obviously you and I are both Christian. We We have like this anchor of who God says we are mm-hmm. and we can go to that and look at that. But I'm thinking about people who maybe even if they are Christian, they don't they haven't really cemented onto that anchor Mm -hmm. or people who maybe they don't they aren't they don't have a faith. They don't have um, a religion that they ascribe to. Mm -hmm. It feels like a lot of people have to really navigate this journey of finding your self-worth and Mm -hmm. your self-value. And a lot of times when we talk about this what we envision is sometimes like someone like on the floor of their bathroom, like in a, in a ball, like okay. I'm worthless, mm-hmm. but it's really not always like that. A lot of times it's what you and I are talking about where, you know, you have a lesson or I had a presentation mm-hmm. or I had a client or I had a podcast and it's like, dude, that sucked. Mm-hmm. Like, and and maybe it didn't actually suck, mm-hmm. but knowing what we're capable of, it's like, that was so much farther below what I know I'm capable of. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I must be valueless. And all Mm -hmm. these, all these things we go through emotionally. Mm -hmm. Why does it feel like it's so hard for us as individuals? Like, why do we have to, and it's, I'm not like saying like, we, you know, we should be able to do it by ourselves, but I'm noticing this trend where, you know, you're downing yourself and I had to like really speak life into you. Like, Hey, this is what's true about you. This is what I've noticed. And it's, and it's genuine. It's like, these are actual things Mm -hmm. I've noticed in you. And vice versa, when I'm down on myself, like where I'm having a bad day or I'm having, you know, you joked about like maybe that first year and you were having to really like encourage and like pour in. It's beautiful to have something like that. But why does it seem like as individuals, it's so common for us to struggle with an accurate perspective of who we are and what we have to offer?
1: Wow. Um I feel like, I don't know the statistic of this, but I feel like I've maybe heard something where negativity, like the default is almost like to be negative. Um, So for example, when you write an article, right? On LinkedIn and you receive like good feedback and that happens often, then the moment you receive one comment or one thing, you know, any type of like negative feedback, it can just like take the uh, wind out of you or, you know, know, just like make you second guess yourself. Right. And I'm not just talking about you, like Blake yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You're
0: talking about generally people receive feedback when you
1: receive feedback or, and it's not, maybe it's not even like proper feedback, someone just being like a jerk or something. And then it's like all of a sudden, that phrase or or word or that feeling that you felt when you read that or heard whatever, it kind of like that is a banner over you for a little bit. And it's almost like that defines it's easy to get stuck in the negative. And so whether I think what you're asking is, it's like whether that's from someone else or whether that's just like some negative feedback you're feeding or telling yourself I feel like it's natural for us to default and like remember those things, which is why um, it's like we have blinders on to all like the the different victories we've had and the, our, our positive, um, the positive things people have spoken over us. It's almost like we have to remember that and then also tell ourselves. And so because it's just so easy, like that's just an example. And I think that reflects the truth of how easy it is and how fragile we are as human beings to like just rest in a negative than it is to like push for being positive. Uh, Whether it's, how are you today? Oh, I'm busy or I'm tired. You know, oh, yeah, me too. Oh, man. Instead of being like that goody-goody, he's like, well, I'm happy. You know, it's like that same scenario happens in our own souls about ourselves, like, Am, am, I, am I making sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just think that's why we have to have, like right now I'm literally looking at our wall and there's a cork, there's a, um, what do you call that thing? Yeah, cork board. Um, and it's called the victory, we have victory board and it's like all the cards Blake's ever been sent or the thank yous or what have you are tacked up there so you can, when you're feeling down, you can look at those um, just well, to remind it's, ourselves.
0: It's interesting that, I guess it's the expression misery loves company and you, you pointed out that it's so much easier for people to be like, you know this sucks, and someone else will be like, "Oh yeah, this does suck." Rather than the opposite, it's mm-hmm. almost like in our nature a bit to be negative. It feels like mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's it's. We kinda,
1: want the positive, but it takes a little work to get there. Right, you have
0: to. It's kind of like when you wake up in the morning, and I don't know the, the like the genetic mechanism for this, but it's like when you wake up in the morning, and you feel it's like <laughs> it's like, "Oh yeah, today's gonna suck." Like you know, it's just in your <laughs> it's just in your head. I call it.
1: I'm just in a funk. Yeah, something. it's
0: it's the funk. And it, whether it maybe sometimes it's physical, so like, you know, back pain, you know, joints hurt, whatever. Other times it's just like emotionally. It's just like I just I just know today's going to suck. It feels like that. And then when when you have that feeling on you to then flip that and be like, "No, I'm going to be positive. I'm having right. a good day." That feels so exhausting. To like force yourself to think of it differently. Yeah. It feels like it's and it's, I just, I'm just observing how it feels like it's so much more work to be positive and energetic and optimistic than it is to give into the negative, be cynical, mm-hmm. be hopeless. And and maybe that's because, you know, the news cycle is mostly negative news. You know, it's pretty rare that you see like, you know, Hey, here's, mm-hmm. you know, Friday's fun news or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, but I don't know. It's interesting.
1: But yeah, but I think the, the, lie in that is that like oh it's just easy to stay in this funk or whatever but it's the easy part but it's like well it's it's not necessarily that it's untrue because it is a little easier but is it worth it because the like the moment you kind of can shake that whether it's like for me as like a, a believer in Jesus like you know having a quiet time or kind of getting myself getting my mind off of me or whether it's um, kind of doing a workout it's something that kind of um helps you shake it or just like t- telling yourself like no I'm not gonna let my attitude or my feelings you know um, define this day or what have you the moment you do um, sometimes it can be so simple of just like why do I feel this way oh for no reason or this is the reason and then you get you get past it and move on it's like this is like yeah this is how I really want my day to be and then I think it's it's worth it to just push through that mental block, push through that negativity, and once you do, it's like, yeah, is this can be a redeem? I can redeem this day. I can.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, is it sounds like there's a bit of a habit, you know? It's kind of like there's a little bit of a habit forming that needs to happen, I guess, to shape yourself to be positive and joyful and mm-hmm. optimistic, because um, if if we are as beings, we tend towards negative or maybe negative is too strong of a word. Maybe it's it's just that we noticed, we noticed negative things more easily. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned, and everyone who's had any kind of social media presence knows you post something and people are like, yes, great. Love this. But the one person, which today I feels like people are so unkind because someone won't just say they disagree. They'll say, Hey, I disagree. And you're an idiot. Right. The name know, call. It, it, never, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so, it's so, there's so much vitriol. Um, that happens and so naturally we pick up on that negative comment mm-hmm. more easily or more quickly.
1: I think I mean, I think there's a statistic like for every negative uh, thing that's been spoken every like you um, you have to hear like 10 positives to like fully
0: to drown out uh-huh. the impact of the negative. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which okay. is so
1: funny because it's like maybe there's been a day where Blake's heard one negative thing and I have to be like, remember what so-and-so said and so-and-so and it's all, you're almost like, yeah, whatever. And then it's like, well, remember, remember, <laughs> remember, remember, remember. And then you're like, yeah, actually. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> like uh-huh. I'm in high school. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> but obviously that's a good point though, is that it. it's also important to surround yourself with people who are going to speak and it's not like um, disingenuous encouragement where like someone's like a terrible guitar player or a terrible singer and you're like, no, you're great. You got that. Right. You know, and it's like, oh my gosh. But it's, it's it's like surrounding yourself with people who genuinely know what's true about you. They know your value. They know your worth. And they also speak that into you. Mm-hmm. feels like that's also part of they it. Remind it's, you. Yeah, finding mm-hmm. those people who can remind you of what is true about you.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's important.
0: Well, something else that happens in business, though, is kind of this running stereotype of and it's I hadn't really fully fleshed this out in my head of I had forgotten that, like I said, that you started your own business and I was really trying to encourage you. Mm-hmm. And then now you got to take that role from me. What do you think about businesses? And this is so common where one partner, they quit their job, they start their business or what have you. And the other spouse doesn't fully embrace that role. Sometimes they're angry at maybe the reduced lifestyle. Like we were making this much money. Now we're making this much. And here's all the options you've now taken away from me. Sometimes it's just a lack of security of, I don't know where this is going to go or where this is going to lead to, or what the guarantee is. What what do you think about, and I don't know how to phrase this question. It's not necessarily like, what do you think about those people? But Mm -hmm. why do you think it's so hard for spouses sometimes to, embrace that role of support and speaking truth and um, really pressing their partner on towards whatever success and influence they want to have.
1: Let's see. Maybe, maybe there's fear
0: Um, because
1: I'm, I would, I would be lying if I didn't say like, you know, well, first like you have said, so many nice things about me being a support to you and uh sometimes like when you first were stating how much of a support I had been to some at first I was like I was but like I remember outwardly I just remembered I had to really um kind of digest like the dream you had and see it too because when on the days where I had fear of like yeah like uh Is this gonna? Is this gonna work out? Or like, (laughs) it does? Like, is would you know? Just all the questions about it working out, or you know, finances, or or like, you know, I don't know, whatever. I just think I I would remember your dream and your vision, and not only that, like I knew hundred percent that you were capable. So maybe certain spouses like doubt the capabilities in their other Mm. spouse um or their partner like maybe there is fear and that like paints um just like this cloud over the knowledge that oh my spouse is capable Mm -hmm. but my fear now is going to drive me for and like paint doubt over their like the longevity of this, like yeah, we have to stick in it for a little while to see the fruit, mm-hmm. but maybe that fear just kind of cripples them from being able to. Because I remember days where it was, where I was fearful or worried or anxious, Um, but I knew I had to be your number one cheerleader. I mean, and that's not to say I never was like honest with Blake about like, you know, different things I felt, but I'm just saying, I think that you needed for me support and belief because you believed in yourself but on the days that you stopped believing in you you needed to know that I believed in you mm-hmm. and so I just think that perhaps that can be the thing that gets in the way is just like a, a fear that turns into you know bears fruit of like doubt or frustration or maybe contempt or like you know mm-hmm. you, just like you said if, if you're you know, but but you weren't of life changes. You yeah.
0: weren't just a. It wasn't just blind encouragement from a cheerleader because I, I think you also, I think I think I had to be open. Like we joked about criticism, but I think I had even when I was fragile, mm-hmm. I had to be. Sorry, our kid is definitely uh, waking up on the monitor, mm-hmm. um, so we're gonna have to wrap this up here in a little bit. Um, I, I think beyond just the encouragement side of things, though, I had to be open to your. You were willing to give me an unbiased perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, in the sense, and I think it's one of the killers in business is surrounding yourself with people who give encouragement, but they can't give that criticism because I remember I had gone, I'd done some speaking engagements. I had done them for free. Uh, this would have been sometime in the first year of my business where people have been like, Hey, can you come speak to this group? Can you do this? And in my mind, I felt like I wasn't credible. I hadn't built up enough of my, the credibility of my brand to charge for these events. And so I was going out, I was doing these free events. I was giving out my business card. You know, the feedback was always great and I remember you really pressing on me okay so when when are they going to pay you for this mm-hmm. cuz you had seen the content you had seen me speak and you felt yeah. like I was worthy of someone's dollar but i remember coming home from a big event or i had i had agreed to do a really big event mm-hmm. and you said okay so um are, are they paying you right, for like, this? Was there a
1: conversation? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, pay? and
0: I was like, well, no, you know, it's gonna be really great, and it's kind of like that old joke of like it's so much exposure, you know, whatever, right? But I every re- photographer <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I remember you almost sitting me down and like grabbing my shoulders and being like, Blake, you will not do another event mm-hmm. without getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, uh yeah, but but yeah. And you were mm-hmm. like, no, no. Y- you will not do another event without getting paid for mm-hmm. it. And since then, I have never done a free event since. I've always asked about Holla. Yeah. <laughs> but that that that's that's money in our pocket that came and it's the it drives the revenue of the business because mm-hmm. I had to be willing to take your criticism and you had to. I mean, I just think about how much how beautiful it is, like the the balance that you demonstrated of knowing. Okay, today's a day I need to give deep encouragement. Right. But this is a moment that Blake needs an honest truth, and you didn't mm-hmm. deliver it harshly. You weren't like, mm-hmm. "Hey, do you even know what you're doing? Why aren't you?"
1: Right. You yeah, know, I had to validate. Like, I know your heart is in the right place. It's you know, I and and so I wasn't like taking advantage of, or I don't know, I, I really don't know what I was trying to say, except <laughs> <laughs> except that, yeah, like there are times where when I know today's a day I have to give Blake like an honest truth. I had to be like, I had to be like, uh, listen, like, you know that I have goodwill for you, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you know that I think you're amazing, right? Right. And then I could say what I had to say. Kind of like, I think you had made a podcast just recently about how you first kind of got into making these um, presentations of yourself that afterward retrospectively you were like, ah, maybe that wasn't Mm. who I really am. You know, that wasn't what I wanted. And I remember in those moments watching you like record these little presentations thinking to myself, Hmm, but not really going deeper, but just feeling like, Hmm, I wonder if this is something Blake really, really feels passionate about. And then, and then, like later, when you did find your groove and you did find like the way in which you execute like your your content and your your um, what's it called like your marketing, mm-hmm. whatever, um, that was honest to you, then
0: I guess I, it like I, came alive a little bit. It came
1: alive, yeah. And I and I just remember being able to be like, you know, hey, I know what was happening was you were trying to figure it out. You weren't trying to, um, you know, be a dishonest person or you weren't trying to be this or that or the other thing. You were trying to really hone in on like who you are. And once you figured it out, I knew like, okay, we're both in a, he's in a safe place. I'm. He knows that I love him so I can like come to you and be like, hey, listen, mm-hmm. um, this is what I think about that. And you're awesome, you know? So I think it's a little <laughs> right. safer now yeah. to do those like sandwich criticism things.
0: <laughs> Well, and I think you've nailed it in that everyone kind of goes through this because it's hard to be self-aware and really know, like, you know what you're passionate about in general and you know what you care about, but to like actually walk it out into like a business product and like what you offer people and how you talk about it is so ambiguous Mm -hmm. and hard to figure out. So I think, you know, again, and you did it really well of recognizing, okay, here's where I, here's where I sort of sit back and encourage and recognize that he's, This is something that he's flexing and figuring out. And then, okay, here's a moment where there's stability here and I can really hone in on this. Mm -hmm. Um, Only because we're pretty much out of time. I want to wrap up with, uh, so this is our 150th episode. Mm -hmm. I put out a newsletter today talking about practicing gratitude. Mm -hmm. You and I have talked a lot about gratitude and being more grateful people. Right, yeah. I want to ask you about that. I want to ask you about as we go into Thanksgiving Uh, First of all, directly, what are some things that you're grateful for? And second of all, how have you seen an attitude of gratitude transform your life?
1: Well, so I want to mention, I want to answer the second question first, if I can. Sure. Um, I used to think like, be be gracious, like name four things you're grateful for. Like I used to kind of be like, oh, that's really sweet. And like, you know, (laughs) that's just kind of fluffy and nice. But really um it act this is actually something that has helped those mornings when i wake up like in a funk you know and it's not just like practicing some virtuous, t- you know th- no it's like really when i talk about what i'm grateful for when i voice it when i ask you hey what are you thankful for i want you to tell mm-hmm. me three things it really 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 does change the mood it really is a great thing to do so anyway it ha- it has changed like um it just it's changing my outlook on different things. Any
0: well, well and, and as I put in the newsletter today, it's amazing how many studies have been done that link, not just link, but directly tie gratefulness with success. Mm. Does that surprise you or is that now that you're kind of walking this through well, not where both are.
1: Well, think about it. Like it, it, we're, earlier we were talking about uh, the ability to like get past that like um, negativity. And so in business, I think people who are more grateful get their eyes off of themselves and so it's you know when negativity negativity or whatever wants to stick on you you can just like easily move past yourself and you're more worried about you're more preoccupied with like other people and so you can be more successful because you're others driven and not like self driven mm. um so yeah something I'm grateful for definitely my daughter, Maylee. <laughs> Why did you
0: say her first
1: before me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's like a given, obviously. Oh, okay. I'm grateful yeah. for you. Um, no, yeah. I'm yeah just, we have a great daughter.
0: Yeah, she's just she's beautiful sweet. and so cute and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm grateful for her, too. I'm yeah. grateful for you and mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the journey we're both on. Yeah. Um, we're out of time. Mm-hmm. Our kid's awake. Yeah, she's awake. So ready I should go be a her. dad. Mm-hmm. Um, Joy has a lesson coming up here in about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to go do dad duty. Uh, is there anything else you want to say to wrap up?
1: Um, just if you're listening to this, I want you to make a list of just three simple things you're grateful for. And if it includes a person just tell that person,
0: I think that's key, right? Mm-hmm. The actual telling we don't do that a lot. Yeah. Um, great advice and for all of you listening hey if you have never checked out the podcast before what the heck you waiting on mm-hmm. click that subscribe button we'll keep bringing you good advice wherever you are also if you enjoyed this episode leave us a five star review hey I mentioned at the start of the episode we're on patreon patreon.com slash good advice patreon is a website where you can support some of your favorite content creators you can jump on there and see some of the awesome perks that we're giving out to all of the good advice supporters you can even get your business advertised here on the podcast just like we've done with some episodes in the past. Hey, I am so grateful and I have so much gratitude, not just for my wife coming on the show today, but also for people who have supported the podcast, who've talked about the podcast, who've recommended the podcast. Hey, you know who you are and I am so grateful for you. Wherever you are this week, as you go into Thanksgiving, I want to challenge you and encourage you to practice gratitude, to practice gratefulness. And despite all the crazy things happening right now, I encourage you have an awesome week. I hope you have lots of laughter right down into your gut, into your core. Mm -hmm. And hey, we'll be back. We got an episode coming later this week and then we'll catch you later. Happy 150th episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll check you later. See ya.